G'day everyone, it's Wesley here from Business Blessings and welcome to episode five of Business Blessings Radio. So this is a short teaching that I did about a year or so ago uh, entitled A Simple Strategy for Hearing the Voice of God in Business. So I'm posting uh, this here because the next three episodes are going to be interviews that I've done in the past with a guy called Bob Bodine, who is the author of two books, one called Two Chairs and one called The Power of Who. One of the things that I've learned in the years that we've been running Business Blessings is it's key for business people, in fact, everybody really, to hear the voice of God for themselves in business. I love the prophetic and we host prophetic nights, and, which are really fantastic. And there are times when we need someone from who doesn't know us just to prophesy over us and speak the word of the Lord to us. And I, and I love and value those. But nothing, absolutely nothing um, compares to actually learning to hear the voice of God for themselves. Because when we hear from God directly, we know, hey, this is God speaking to us. So one of the strategies that we've employed over the years is the two-chair strategy, and uh, you'll get to hear more about that over these next four podcasts. So I just wanted to lay some foundation uh, for you uh, to start with in putting this simple strategy for you, which is uh, the two-chairs strategy. So I'd love to hear from you uh, if you have any questions uh, about this or implementing this in your own life, let me know. I also want to mention our listening prayer podcast uh, because every week I run a listening prayer session where we actually sit with a passage of scripture. We ask God a question around that passage of scripture and then we uh, go into 20 minutes of um, silence where we sit with that and then come back and everyone on the call shares what God has spoken to them about. And the reason why I mention that is because we hear the voice of God in community, that there are times when we need to sit and listen to what others are saying. And the great thing about that is it actually confirms uh, the voice that we are hearing is of God because God's speaking the same to others as well. So you can check out more about that at www.listeningprayer.com.au or search for our Listening Prayer uh, podcast as well, which is actually a recording of those sessions as well. Well, enjoy this uh, and then enjoy the upcoming three uh, podcasts further about interviews I've had with Bob Bodine directly. G'day everyone, my name is Wes Leek and I'm from Business Blessings and I want to welcome you to this special training on what we're calling a simple strategy for hearing the voice of God in business. One of my passions at Business Blessings is to connect you with God and others through profound strategies that helps you to glorify God and grow your business supernaturally. A key way for that to happen is for you to find out what is on the heart of the Father. So you can do as Jesus did, do only that which he saw the Father doing. God is so interested in your business. He is so interested in you and he has a heart's desire to speak with you and encourage you and give you the secrets from heaven. God talked about Abraham. He said that Abraham was a friend of God and he tells his friends secret, secrets. You are a friend of God and God wants to tell you secrets. So my prayer for you as we walk through this is that you be encouraged to take time out each day 
to spend in his presence asking him what is on his heart for you today and it's not just at a set time through the day it's at a time throughout the day as well taking time just to quieten yourself and just even ask the question before you go into a meeting god what's on your heart for this meeting and i'll show you some testimonies about that as we go through this today well all this is based on a book by bob bodine called two chairs and if you haven't read it i'd just really like to encourage you uh, to read it you can even get an audiobook format of it for those who prefer to listen to it while they're on the run or in the gym or in the car those kind of things bob is an extraordinary man he's one of the u.s's top sports and entertainment recruiters and in this book he shares so the key strategy about two chairs about how he learned it from his mum, and about how he's implemented in his life and the stories as to what has happened as he shared it with others. No doubt you're going to have stories to tell as you implement this in your life as well. In his book, Bob asked three very disruptive questions. And I love to ask these questions just to help you reframe where things are at in your life at the moment. So number one, does God know your situation? Well, of course, the answer to that is yes. God knows your situation intimately. He perhaps even knows it better than what you know it. Second question, is it too hard for him to handle? Absolutely not. It's never too hard for God to handle. Third question, does God have a good plan for you? Absolutely. God knows his plans and his purposes for you. They are to prosper you and help you succeed. So the key is, and the answer to this is two chairs. Taking time each day to sit with two chairs. That helps you visually to do that. Set up one for you and one for Jesus. And literally be there picturing Jesus in the other chair. You know, you can do this in any setting. Uh, some people have a specific chair set up in their office. As I'm driving, I like to, when I'm particularly driving by myself, I like to picture that Jesus is in the chair next to me and have conversations with him along that line. So the thing is to take time each day and even before a meeting, ask this simple question, God, what's on your heart for me today? God, what's on your heart for me today? There's other questions you can ask as well, but let's start there for now. God, what's on your heart for me today? In fact, why don't you even now just stop this recording and just simply ask God, what's on your heart for me today? Write it down, record it. You'll be amazed what God says to you and even share it. Uh, with us as well. That'd be fantastic. Well, I want to share with a testimony from Bob's book, Two Chairs. This is found on pages 84 to 87. And I think it highlights the power of two chairs. Just before he talks about the testimony, Bob says, did you know God loves to have moments like these with you? He yearns to talk, laugh, listen, and share. If you didn't know it, he's got lots of stories to share with you about hardship, rejections, battles, miracles, and love. Have you figured out yet that you're one of his epic stories? You are not close to done yet, but he wants to tell you that you're loved, amazing, fabulous, and special. 
He wants you to know that as his beloved child, you are a person of infinite wealth, of royal descent, and of an object worthy of affection. When you're at your two chairs, ask him to help you understand this more. Then remind yourself to also read some of God's greatest stories in the Bible. I've heard so many people say that while they were at their two chairs praying, talking to God, they felt led to open the Bible. And when they did, God wouldn't stop talking. Bob goes on then to share this amazing testimony. He says, I recently explained the two chairs concept to my friend, Bill, who was going through a really tough time. Given his unhappy state of mind, it was no surprise that he set up his two chairs time the very next day. He was still in shock when he described this first meeting. It was wonderful, he said. It was as if God hugged me the whole time. So many people get the same type of love feast in their first two chairs meeting. Up until then, my friend had thought God was mad at him, but now he knows better. The very next day, he woke up late and was rushing off to work when he looked back at his two chairs and felt God say, Bill, don't leave before we talk. I want to tell you something about the day ahead. Since the idea of talking to God was new to him, he thought, hey, am I saying that to myself? Because I just don't have time today. That's when he felt the nudge to go back and sit down. So he did. He told him that he'll never, ever forget what happened next. As soon as he sat down, God started to speak. Now, Bill wanted to make sure he told you that he didn't hear God audibly, but he could hear him speak clearly in his mind. Nevertheless, when you first start doing two chairs, you don't know what it will be like. He can talk audibly, he's God, but most know how the enemy speaks clearly in their mind. So for Bill, hearing God turn this in a positive way was very comforting. God told him to prepare for some resistance on an important business proposal he was making just before lunch and that he should make sure that he stopped by the big boss's office first to review the presentation and ask him for his ideas and suggestions before the meeting. That was it, 60 seconds, and then he left. The meeting was over. Now, hearing a message from God that his proposal would be met with resistance was not what Bill was expecting. It was bothersome since he was not someone who likes change. He had been working on this project for over six months. In addition to that, he hadn't talked to the president for several weeks and felt stopping by unannounced might be awkward, but he did it anyway. The president was glad to see him. They talked about family, and then he asked Bill how things were going. Bill told him that his big presentation was at lunch and wondered if he could get some thoughts on it. The president said, of course. And as he listened, he guided Bill toward one point that was actually the key for the upcoming year. He said not to talk about anything else, but to focus on that and to tell everyone else why it was so important. Bill thanked him and then changed his entire presentation in the next three hours to laser focus on this one point. When the meeting began, Bill felt immediately felt resistance from the two of his colleagues, the tomb he had been confiding in on the project. He couldn't believe it. He thought to himself, holy cow, it's true. God knew. As he started to share the new version of the presentation, the president of the company stopped in to listen to him. Everyone in the room noticed when he entered. When Bill shared the one point that was key to the company from the back of the room, the president said, that sounds like a winner, Bill. And gave, Bill, Bill's, and gave Bill's boss a thumbs up as he left the room. Bill's manager then stated that it was an idea that was well thought out and the project was a go. Bill walked out of the meeting thinking to himself, what just happened? Is it possible that God knew what, what was ahead for me? 
And if I would just stop and listen to him at two chairs, that one minute could make all the difference. He proclaimed, God is a ninja. And I agreed. I love that story because it was a warning for Bill, but it was also um, a strategy for how to move forward as well. And God loves giving you and giving his people strategies. I want to tell you a, a personal testimony about two chairs. I've been doing two chairs times for over two years now, and, and I've been learning to, to use two chairs throughout the day. And to, this one particular testimony really stands out to me because you see, I turned up early for a meeting, which for those who know me is quite a shock in itself, always trying to get the most out of things. Anyhow, I was sitting there about 15 minutes early in the car and I thought, what am I going to do for 15 minutes? And I felt God whisper to me and say, have a two chairs time with me about the meeting. So I was in the driver's seat, Jesus in the passenger seat. And I said, okay, Jesus, what's on your heart for this meeting? And he said to him, I want you to talk to these guys about homeschooling. It was with another educational institution. Homeschooling, I thought, why would I talk to them about homeschooling for? He just impressed on me to talk about homeschooling. And really that was it. Anyhow, uh, went into the meeting and um, it, it wasn't just me in the educational institution, there was someone else with me. And so we're discussing all the key things that we were there to discuss. And then at the end, the, um, and I'm thinking, when I'm going to get a chance to talk about homeschooling. Then at the end, the person we're having a meeting with uh, said, was, is there anything else you want to raise? I said, yes, what about homeschooling? Have you guys uh, wanted to go into the homeschooling market? And I said, yes, we very much want to, but we don't have the contact to do it. And I said, look, I have a contact to do it. And, you know, the end result of that was that we were able to um, not only put them together with this other homeschooling organization, which they actually went on to sign a very significant contract with, but we also ended up running a homeschooling, uh, a group for homeschoolers to teach them about entrepreneurship, which went on to be very successful uh, and lots of outcomes from that event that all came from one word. God said to me, talk to them about homeschooling. Not only did that um, increase our income, but it also inc increased the income of two other organizations as they collaborated together. You see, God knows. He knows what's going on and can give you insight beyond what is on your current radar. I want to share a video with you. It's by a guy called Brennan Manning. Now, Brennan has passed on now, but his books are incredible. If you're ever looking for something on the love of God, just reach out to Brennan Manning's books. But this is an incredible story about a man who uh, took up the two chairs concept. Just bear with me a minute while I share this with you. I live in New Orleans and my doorbell rang the summer before last. I open it. It's a woman about 35 years old. She asks, are you Brennan Manning? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, obviously we've never met. Uh, I was given your name by a, a friend and I was hoping that uh, I was just wondering if she started to cry. I said, uh, how can I help you? She said, my daddy's at home dying of cancer. I've asked the pastor of my own church three times to go and pray with him. He said he promised that he will, but then he gets so caught up in his own sermon preparation, his administrative agenda, he forgets. I don't think my daddy has long to live. 
Could you come and pray with him? I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I get over to the man's house. I walk back into his bedroom. He's lying on his bed. His head is propped up on two pillows. There's an empty chair beside his bed. I said, hi, guess you expected me. He said, no, sir, who are you? I said, honest mistake, I saw the empty chair. I thought you were expecting company. He said, oh, yeah, the chair. Are you mind closing the door? I closed his bedroom door, wondering myself, what is going on here? This little guy says to me, Brennan, I've never told anybody this in my whole life, even my daughter. But all my life, I've never known how to pray. Go to church on Sunday, my pastor talks in prayer, goes right over my head. Finally, one Sunday, I get the courage to say to my pastor, I get zero, zilch, out of your sermons on prayer. He reaches in his desk drawer, takes out this book and says, here, read this. It's by Hans Urs von Balthasar, Swiss theologian, best book on contemporary prayer of the 20th century. He said, Brennan, I take the book home. The first three pages, I got to look up 11 words in the dictionary. <laughs> Next Sunday, I give the book back to my pastor saying, thank you very much, under my breath for nothing. And that day, I abandoned any attempted at prayer till one day, four years ago, my best friend, who I don't think is very spiritual, says to me out of the blue, you know, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. What you do is you sit down in a chair, you place an empty chair in front of you, in faith, see Jesus on the chair, and he's there because he promised, I'll be with you every day until the end of time. Then just speak to him and listen, as you would in a conversation with your best friend. This old guy says to me, Brandon, I've been doing that two hours a day now, the last four years. I love to do it. I'm careful, in fact, cautious. I don't want my daughter to see me talk to an empty chair, you know. She'd say, funny farm for daddy. But uh, you got a background in this. You think it's prayer? I said, Joe, you don't have to ask me. That is so simple, so unsophisticated, so honest, so open, so real. That delights the heart of Jesus. He said, yeah. I anoint him with oil. I pray with him. I go back to my house, and two nights later, his daughter returns to tell me her daddy died that afternoon. I asked, did he seem to die in peace? She said, yes, but I left the house at 2 o'clock to go to the store. He called me over his bedside, told me one of his corny jokes, and he kissed me on the cheek. When I got back just before 3, I found him dead. But she said, Brennan's strange, beyond strange. This is weird. At the moment my daddy died, he leaned over and put his head on an empty chair beside his bed. Do you know that, Jesus? Not about him, but do you know him? Is this the way that you relate to him? I love that story. Uh, always makes me cry, actually, when I'm reading to it, but it's very powerful and shows the impact it can have of developing that time with God. You know, I when I hear that, I just picture Jesus actually literally <laughs> appearing in that chair and saying to the man, it's time to come home to be with me. There's another story that I testimony that I want to read to you. And um, in fact, I only just found this in a, in a book by Trevor Hudson called Discovering Your Spiritual Identity from page 33. 
And um, look, while the guy is not doing a two chairs time specifically, well, he kind of is, but he does ask God a question. And so I want to read this to you. It says, there's a story about a businessman and a manager of a medium-sized manufacturing plant. Illustrates how the spirit guides us in our care for one another. Jack Smith, in the midst of an intense labor conflict, went into his office, sat down and said to himself, I'm not running this business well, and I don't know what to do. I guess I can either get drunk or I can pray. He thought a little longer and then reflected quietly. If I get drunk, I'll have a hangover and nothing will change. However, if I pray and nothing comes of it, I can always get drunk later. <laughs> not bad reasoning. Hey? With this tiny seed of faith, he put his head down on his hands and cried out, okay, Lord, I can't run this business any longer. What should I do? He was quiet for a few moments. Almost immediately, an answer came to mind. That thought offers an excellent description of agape love in both personal and social terms. The thought was, create the conditions whereby each individual can develop to the maximum of his or her potential within the opportunities at hand. Wow, did you hear that? Create the conditions whereby each individual can develop to the maximum of his or her potential within the opportunities at hand. For the next several months, he mulled over this insight in his prayer times. Gradually, several practical ways of implementing this principle emerged beginning with the rule to serve those whom you expect to serve you. What emerged not only made good business sense or merely, sorry, what emerged not only made good business sense or merely enabled Jack to relate to employees as beloved of God. It also connected him more deeply to the God of love and the blessing of his own belovedness. God has a solution for even the deepest, darkest problems that you're facing. Our role is to ask him, you know, and sometimes you don't you say to me, you know, whereas I've been asking God questions, he hasn't been answering. Well, you know what I'd say to that? Ask God the questions to ask. You know, if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answers or you get no answer. But if you ask God to ask him, what are the questions I should be asking? He will show you. You know, we did this exercise last year with a group of business people and I was just overwhelmed at the questions that God downloaded them to ask, which they then went on and asked him about. So what about you? Why don't you take a moment now? God, what's on your heart for me today? God, what's on your heart for me today? There's many other questions that you could ask God. God, what would you like me to do for you? God, what may I do for you? And that one that I had before, what questions would you like me to ask you? You know, this is for Christians and non-Christians. You know, there's so many examples in the Bible where God speaks to non-Christians. We, uh, uh, with a lady called Myrna Whitland, about two years ago, we ran a whole series of vision board workshops and, and Myrna now incorporates this into her workshops. And uh, we, we built a two chairs time into the workshops before they did their vision board. 
Uh, and I was just amazed because um, we got to the point where it was about 50-50 Christians, non-Christians in, in these workshops, but we still did a two-chairs time. I framed it a little different, but we still did a two-chairs time. And I was amazed that what those that who were not of faith got from God was just incredible. So you know what? You can use these three, you know, the three disruptive questions with anybody and God will answer them. In fact, I'm pretty convinced that God wants to speak to non-Christians just as much as he wants to speak to Christians. Well, that's the end of our training today. If you've got any more questions, I encourage you to go to businessblessings.com.au. I've actually uh, put together an online course called Asking God Questions Through Your Two Chairs Time. So if you go to businessblessings.com.au and look under online courses, look for that Asking God Questions course. And uh, you can subscribe to that there. The reason why I've set that up is because we learn to hear God's voice in community. And you may be at home uh, asking God questions and you're not sure of what he says to you. That's a place where you can go um, subscribe to and then upload. You know, this is the question that God asked me. Um, and then we can share as a community. We can discern together that that's what God's speaking to about. It's okay to practice hearing the voice of God. You know, over times when I thought, you know, this, the way that I've learned to hear the voice of God is by practice. You know, sometimes um, he says some crazy things to me in uh, in the two church time. I remember while I was preaching at a um, a church one morning and, and God said to me, doing just as I was just sitting quietly, just asking God, about what to do during that sermon that day. He said to me, I want you to buy flowers and take them uh, to, to the service. And I want you to give them to someone I show you. I thought, well, that was a big thing, just finding flowers on a Sunday back then. It was much easier these days. Um, found, got the flowers. And then I, then I remember sitting in the car park saying, God, who on earth am I going to give these flowers to? It was a church of about 300 people, I think. Anyhow, just I looked up and I saw this woman uh, racing into the church and I clearly say, thought God say, she's the one. Anyhow, it came to the appropriate part in my sermon uh, and, and I gave the flowers to this woman I found in the congregation and gave it to her. What I didn't know was that I was actually speaking on Valentine's Day that year and that lady every day, every Valentine's Day, her husband would give her flowers. And it just so happened to be her birthday that week as well. But six months ago, her husband had died. So she didn't get flowers that Valentine's Day. But God knew. And he gave her flowers that day. And um, so you can, sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional as I tell the story, but I um. I reflected on that afterwards. And I thought, God, what if I hadn't obeyed you in that? It was a crazy thought, you know, and it, it, that takes a step of faith to buy the flowers. But then more importantly, to, to listen to God as to who is the right person in the congregation to give it to. But what I want to say to you is that God can pinpoint exactly you in a crowd of 300 people. 
he can pinpoint you in a world through a seven billion people and give you a guidance as to do it. So I want to encourage you today. Take time to do your two chairs time every day. Learn to listen from him. He will bless you. More importantly, to act and to obey what he says to you. Got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. God bless you as you seek to serve him in this way.